We are back <laughs> with the snaps. I feel poetic today. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? This is Jayless from Nick of Time Show. Here to give you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. And this is not going to be a regular episode today. It's going to be some fun stuff. Yes, yes we're going to talk Nick's, but uh, we're going to talk some. We're going to talk hope today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. And we have people, we have someone here to help us talk hope. But before I introduce him, we have the reliable. <laughs> The handsome, maybe, some might say. <laughs> what do you think? Han yes. She says yes. <laughs> the guy with the stats and effects? Ryan G in the building. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. And we also have a guest today. This guy's played AAU ball. <laughs> yes, sir. Mm -hmm. He's a contributor. He was a contributor to Stock Rises. There's a blog that talked about high school high school basketball, and he also has his own blog called Jake in the Paint, where he writes a lot about college ball, and also he did some pods last season, too. The one, the only, the magnificent Jake Rosen. Hey, I appreciate you guys for having me on. Um, I've never had that played AAU in my resume before, so that's definitely a first. And <laughs> we talked before the show. I love that part of my resume, I guess you would call it. So <laughs> once again, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm here to talk. I'm happy to talk Knicks, drafts, and everything in between. So let's get this thing going. Hell yeah, let's get this game yes, going. Sir. Let's I, go. I, you gotta gotta shut that out, man. Not everybody plays that plays ball like that. <laughs> you, gotta, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta let them know. It's my stock. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe I should have that in my intros, like yo, cause I've I've played uh uh church basketball for my church league so maybe next time when i do my intro yo jay ellis church basketball bench player exactly <laughs> I, I support that i support it. yes all right I, I play i play intramurals intramural yeah right, right. <laughs> six man in huddy junior high school exactly all right. <laughs> all right all right all right i'm push it keep pushing all right so before we get into the draft talk we definitely going to talk about the draft because you know we, we need some hope out there today. We need to think about the future. But before we talk about that, we're going to talk a little bit about the Knicks stuff. And we're going to stay on the positive note. And we're just going to talk about the player of the week this week. Yes, sir. And the player of the week this week is none other than... Money, money, make it Mitch. Mitchell Robinson. God damn it, man. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. See, I see, I see stats and the facts, man. You pulling out the phone. You got the stats yes, ready? For st yes, yes. So this week, Mitch Robinson has averaged 12.8 points a game. Oh. 10.5 rebounds a game. Oh, get him. 3.3 blocks a game. Oh, get him. 1.3 steals a game. Oh. <laughs> and he shot a magnificent 74% from the field. Mitch, Mitch killing this week and also... He just got a career high versus yep. Chicago with 23 points. I think it's 10 rebounds. Yeah, Terry double-double. Uh-huh. And actually had two assists, too. There was also a nice little pass to Knox. It was like an over-the-top pass. Had, mm -hmm. It was a nice little touch right in the pocket. I'm like, yo, does does Mitch have some secret passing, passing chops that we don't know about? <laughs> it just seems like there's something there. I also saw a little drop step from Mitch. Mm -hmm. I also noticed that the picks, he's setting stronger picks more often. He's still not perfect. Better. But he's getting better. He's definitely getting better. So kudos to Mitchell having a great week. 
Yep. And I would be remiss if I did not mention that Mitchell Robinson is on pace to have the highest shooting percentage in the NBA ever. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, ever. <laughs> Got to mention that. Got to mention that. I think who is currently, let me see, let me see, let me see. Currently, I think Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, Wilt Chamberlain is is the current leader. I think he's shooting somewhere like seventy four percent or something like that. What Wilt? Mm hmm. Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, I mean, that's no surprise. Yeah. Though. <laughs> and Mitchell Robinson is on pace to be that. If he stays on this his, his current pace, he will have the highest percentage in the NBA. So shout out to Mitch. Hopefully, he keeps that going. I, for one, I want Mitch to shoot like mm -hmm. jumpers. Yeah. But. Now that he's on pace to have the best shooting percentage in the NBA, I kind of want to, you know what, let's wait till. Yeah, I mean, he, he got time. He got time. <laughs> he, he got, got time. time. We can wait now. Yeah. Get the record first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. So, cool. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Shout out to Mitch Robinson. Show some growth player of the week this week. Also, Knicks news, Leon Rose is supposed to start today, which is a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't heard anything official yet, but um, there's been a lot of news going on in Knicks land. There's been rumors that said that he might have the kids play even more than what they've been playing before. Yeah, that's a major issue. That's because a um, I have a question, though. Okay. Because I just want to make sure like there's not anything going on that I'm not aware of. But, like, for example, Dotson. Is he hurt? Or he hates he... him. He hates him. <laughs> <laughs> if that's... Because I don't get it because I'm like, yo, he's had like three straight DMPs. I don't understand it because I'm like, yo. If you, if you look at the young players on the Knicks, right? Like the guys that you would say, you know, you definitely got to play is RJ. Facts. Mitch. Major cause, facts. Because those are the two that's been the most consistent. Yeah, you, those are building blocks. Yeah, and there's another guy where a lot of Knicks fans will probably argue with me about, but I feel like Frank deserves consistent minutes as well because... I mean... <laughs> <laughs> because he may not have the offensive statistics to back up, you know, his impact on the court, but, like, most of the times I see him play it's always a positive impact he makes whenever he's in the game. I, I kind of wonder, because, you know, he's only averaging, like, around 15 minutes, 17 minutes a game. Mm -hmm. I wonder if the grind has something to do with it. You know what I mean? I wonder yeah, if there's, it, like, maybe. a little minutes restriction. Because even when he's playing well, I'm just like, oh, maybe he should play a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's taking out the game. I was like, maybe it's, like, a grind management thing, man. Yeah. I feel like he should get surgery. I don't know. But Well, we'll I see, we'll see what the, in the offseason what happens. But the bigger issue is... Dotson not getting any burn, and he's been the most consistent Nick exactly. on a squad, and he was on fire. I felt like he was on fire. Yeah. He was hitting threes left and right, got sick for a day, and then, like, he lost his job on his day off, Craig. It was like, exactly. what the hell happened? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, why is he not in the lineup? He's like, oh, I'm better now. It's like, ooh, nah, ooh, you know what? Um, Wayne Ellington. Yeah. Let's go with him. Like, <sighs> Wayne Ellington is, is 30. <laughs> Why are we I developing mean, Wayne Ellington? I'm like, yo, Dotson can do everything Wayne Ellington can do, plus play defense. Plus play defense. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to spit on you like Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And even, we can even say, listen, 
Alonzo Trier had a breakout game this week. So even yeah, exactly. if you're like, oh, I'm not feeling Dotson, you, Trier just had a, a game versus mm-hmm. versus the Charlotte Hornets where it's like, okay, he's yeah. back. Uh, play him too. What, what the two? Who did Trier kill? Like I don't, I don't, I don't understand it, man. And and to me, it's like okay, like okay, you finally bring Trier off the bench and you put him in the game. You're like okay, just go out there and play. And then he performs. He scores 15 points. He scores 15 against Charlotte. Word. Like three minutes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Then the next game, he scores only six points. But he was pretty. He was pretty efficient off. You know, off those six points. I think he shot three or seven. I believe. Yeah. Which which is not bad. And he's also. The, the knock on him was he doesn't pass the ball. Mm-hmm. He's been passing like he was. He, even though people weren't hitting the shots, he's been setting people up for some nice passes. So yeah, what's the problem, coach? So it's like okay, so you haven't performed pretty well for two games, and all of a sudden you bench him again. I'm like son, I'm like, how do you expect the guy to gain confidence if you if he if he's gonna perform for two games and you go just bench him again? Well, I'll say this about Trier: Trier will never lose confidence ever. I just, <laughs> <laughs> like, that is not a concern never. with me. Never, yeah, ever yeah, true. Confidence. Yeah, true that. <laughs> I feel like he came out like his mom, like with like his, like a swag, like with his head up, like yo, what up? Like I don't think he even cried. He was mm-hmm. just like the head nod, yeah. what's up, Doc? And it's like he came out confident. I don't. Nothing can break ISO's confidence, but it's just like it just, it just, it just, it just, it just. just, I I just want more, and I like Mike Miller, but I just Mm -hmm. want more. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, we've monopolized the conversation. I know you're here for the draft and that (laughs) breakdown, but do you have anything to say about that, Jake? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you guys covered all the Knicks stuff. We, I just, I had a quick little anecdote about Alonzo Trier. He, he played high school ball around like probably 15, 20 minutes from my house. So when I was younger, before he went to Finley Prep out in Nevada, he was at Montrose Christian. I saw him play, and nice. And he was so so cold, like so cold. Um, I mean, in terms of the Knicks, you guys hit on it. Like, he doesn't seem like he passes ever. Um, <laughs> you can you can kind of see his teammates like reciprocating that feeling on the court. Um, I mean, obviously you can't read into the locker room stuff, but if there's one thing Cheer can do, it's get buckets, and he's been doing that his entire life. So I just felt like I share that. No, that's true, but it's just like if you're gonna bench Lonzo Trier for not passing at this point, we should then also bench uh Bobby Portis, Julius Randle. And Julius Randle. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else who don't pass. It's yeah. like Yeah. Let's keep it consistent, guys. Can we do that? Yeah. And yep. I like Mike Miller. Yep. I, yeah, I like him too. But these last four games, it's making it's making it um, it's, um, it's rough in these streets, Ryan. Yeah, it really is. It's rough in these streets, Ryan. Because these last four games, people are like, oh, Jay Ellis, you a big Mike Miller fan. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I do the post-game live show. I'm live with people. They're like, yo, yeah. you you Mike Miller fan. What's up? You still like him? I was like, I can't, I can't like him for more than 20 games and mm-hmm. then completely disown him after four games where I'm just like, I don't like what he's doing. Yeah. So... I'm holding out hope that he sees the light, or Leon Rose kind of turns him around. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not having any hope for that because I feel like when Leon Rose comes in, he's changing up things, and I feel like Nick's gonna pretty maybe have like a whole new coaching staff next season. Well, I, you know what? Segway, nice. I like you kind of segwayed into <laughs> something else perfectly. Bam, bam, news. Leon Rose is about to start today, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't heard any press conference. I don't know. There might be a press conference by the time this episode airs. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But news came out that said several people, several people briefed on the matter said Rose will take some time to evaluate existing Nick staff before making any decisions on who to keep 
mm-hmm. and who let go from the current regime, which means Miller could possibly stay, probably not in the head coaching role, mm-hmm. but he could possibly stay. Ninja P might escape firing again. Maybe. Ninja P, a.k.a. Scott Perry, for the first, for people who don't know who Ninja P is. And maybe some mm-hmm. of these assistant assistants, they still might be here. So who knows? Mm-hmm. I think it's the correct way to do it. Just kind of evaluate what's going on. Don't yeah. just go in here, uh, Trump style, you're fired, you're fired. Yeah, exactly. Especially because you, you're, you're a new guy. So yeah, you probably need to know some information before you start just making major changes. Yeah, exactly. And I believe that even if he decides that Mike Miller is not the right guy to coach the Knicks, I feel like he should at least keep him in the G League because when he was with the G League um, team, like the G League was performing well and mm-hmm. players were developing under him. So I feel like even if he's not the head coach of the Knicks, the Knicks should still keep him and at least you know put him even either as an assistant coach or you move him back to the G League where he was having success with the young guys there. I feel you, and you know what? There were rumblings that said that the Knicks do want to keep him in the organization and at some capacity. Yeah. So we'll see if that happens. I don't think he's done enough to get a head coaching job somewhere else. But who knows what will happen in his future from because of what he did with the Knicks. He's actually, obviously done a better job than Fizdale ever has. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's actually, you know, if you listen to last week's episode, I implore you to listen to last week's episode because we had a guest over here who broke down the Knicks offense. He obviously tweaked the offense, so even guys who aren't ISO-heavy initiators can function like Frank, and mm-hmm. it's worked out. It's worked out for the most part. Uh, it's not working out right now that we traded Marcus Morris, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. It worked yeah. out. Yeah. All right. I know you guys are waiting for this. We got the Knicks talk out of the way. Yeah. Now it's time to talk. Talk about the draft, man. Let's get let's get into this draft talk with Jake, man. Now, yes, now, yeah, man. Now I I I'm gonna start off. I'm like, yo, I'm gonna start off this conversation smoothly. So I'm gonna start off reading something that Jake wrote. Mm. Just 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 the header in no in I think it was November. I think he wrote like a preseason draft. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna write that, and then I'm. No, I haven't revisited. It. I haven't revisited that in a while, so I'll be curious to see where you go with this. Okay, cool. This is a nice <laughs> little setup in the combo, guys. Okay, so here is what you wrote. All right, it says, after grinding high school AAU and FIBA tape since June 21st, I finally compiled my preseason big board. This draft is extremely flat. After the top end talent. And there's probably 60 guys that can end up in the 10 to 30 range. Because of that, there's no real consensus, which made the big board process even more fun. I look forward to all their banter. And remember, this is definitely subject to change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd stand by the last part the most out of everything I said. Yeah. Subject to change? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was definitely subject to change. Definitely subject to change. I did peek at that. And I was like, hmm. You had, I think you had Anthony Edwards one, yeah, Cole Anthony two, and mm-hmm. I can't remember everything else about under that. <laughs> I think, I think if I'm remembering correctly, I think I had Denny of the uh, three after mm-hmm. that. Right. Um. So that he's that he's th- three right now, and Ant is still number one. Obviously, Cole was dropped a little bit, but we'll talk. I have, I wrote some notes on all these guys, so we'll get into all of them. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. 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 So okay. 
What should I start, Ryan? Should I should, should I ask him who was your top guys, or should I, who I ask, or should I ask him who's the top guys for the Knicks? Matter of fact, since since this is a Knicks podcast, I need to ask him like who does who does he believe the Knicks should look at at this upcoming draft? So I mean, basically, when look when you're looking at it from the Knicks perspective, people have all different philosophies on the draft. Whether if there's a certain range where you should just give up fit and go best player available. I mean, Facts. we saw the Cavs do that last year. Mm-hmm. They thought Darius Garland was their guy. They didn't care. They called Sexton. I mean, I wouldn't have taken Darius Garland there, but that was clearly their philosophy, and they took him. So, I mean, I think if you look at the Knicks roster right now, I'm not sure how you guys feel about the kid, but I don't think we really have anyone other than a center because, like, I'm really against taking centers in the top of the draft, especially mm-hmm. when you already have a pretty good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, that's, yeah. And unless, unless it's obviously like your Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, like with yeah. those outlier guys. Pause, um, pause, 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 term, pause one yeah. second. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I have to address something before you get into your spiel. I'm sorry. Somebody was on the show and he compared okay. Weissman. Oh, my God. Okay, go. go. <laughs> <laughs> I already don't like where this is going. I, I knew like you wouldn't, which is why I had to pause and ask you this. Just to Anthony <laughs> Davis. And he looked me in the face and said, yo, this guy next Anthony Davis. Da, 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 da. And I was sitting here like, I don't, I, don't, I haven't heard that exact sentiment. I've heard there's a lot of things wrong with that. Do you do you agree with that or not? So, well, actually, let's start off on James Wiseman, because that's basically who I was subtweeting in my philosophy question, why take another center when you have Mitchell Robinson? Mm, um, bars, subtweets. So, <laughs> so, basically, in terms of Wiseman, he's probably the most misunderstood prospect in terms of consensus versus the dudes that fought, cover the draft on a day-to-day basis and watch film every day and, like, don't just watch highlights. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know who you guys have on your show who said that, but... I would probably implore him to watch any of Wiseman's full games in high school because I watched about like six or seven of them before the season this year where when I landed on him as like my ninth prospect, I think, in that preseason board. Damn. Obviously, he's been suspended, so he hasn't really done much to move or go down, like go down either way. Mm-hmm. But basically in those games, you saw a seven-foot freak of nature physically, like measurement-wise, where, he, I mean, he's 7'1", like long arms, Runs, I mean, him running in a straight line is pretty mesmerizing to watch for a guy at that size. But mm-hmm. when you get outside the straight line, the lateral movement, covering pick and rolls, sliding with guys in the perimeter horizontally, like really slow load time. If, I mean, mm. you look at, like, if you guys, like, if you've seen Onyeko Kongu this year, like, he's a shorter center, but he is like that pop. Like, he gets off the ground instantly. Mm-hmm. So the thing with Wiseman, like, yes, he has an unreal physical tools, but if you watch quicker guards against him, they'll kind of use some quick floaters or just scoop shots to kind of throw him off his timing because he's not exactly the click quickest leaper. Mm-hmm. So while he has those tools, that's where he kind of struggles on the defensive end. And then the offensive end is kind of just a disaster all over the place. Whoa, like, disaster. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I'm, 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 I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice, but like, uh, I like he he I mean he dunk like he he dunks a lot I'll, I'll give him that like he he finishes plays he can get up there even though I mean his hands aren't great like he even dropped a couple lobs or contested lobs contested finishes in the games that I watched but like Yeesh. the main issue is that he kind of just doesn't really know where he is at this stage like Anthony Davis kind of we, what he just started like recently a couple of years ago mm-hmm. handling the ball in the perimeter creating and even then that's still like Process. out of this world that yeah. a seven footer mm-hmm. can do that. 
and Anthony Davis, that took him years and years in the league. Yeah. Wiseman is basically, he's catching the ball at the perimeter. He's squaring up like he's Damian Lillard and taking a step back. And it's just like completely head scratching. He gets bumped off his spots really, really easily for a guy that, of that size. Um, Yikes. The shot isn't horrible. Like it re- it's not. He definitely has some good makes. The mechanics aren't broken for a guy his size. Mm-hmm. He's not a great free throw shooter, so I'm not overly optimistic. But Man. if he does make it in the NBA, like as an offensive player, I think he's going to have to shoot it. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not a bet that I'm willing to make, but I know dudes that are still in on him somewhat think that, you know what, he'll come around and the defensive feel will come around. So he might be able to mitigate that like long load time and lack of understanding, the, you know, the slow hips, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then on offense, he's going to be able to roll to the rim and shoot threes. Um, I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I have him right in the back end of my lottery just because of those tools. That's kind of the only thing left. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you if you watch some of these, like he had one game, basically his metrics. Every time I do like a spreadsheet of metrics, he just pops off the table because he played like two games against low Division One. I. I don't even know if they're Division One opponents, and he just dominated them. Damn. Like, it, you, I mean, you so could, he, it, there's no point even watching it. It's like him playing the high school team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they me. were probably worse than the high school teams that I watched him play against last year. Like, I'll play that. <laughs> um, it's like me playing so my nephews. They, <laughs> <laughs> so, but the one game that he actually did play against, like, high-level competition before the whole scandal thing happened mm-hmm. was they played, they played against Oregon. And Wiseman, he basically sat out the entire first half because he picked up two quick fouls. But mm. even when he did get in the flow of things in the second half, you still, like, those ugly kind of habits and misconception of who he is, like, reared its ugly head again because, I mean, he was taking step back, step back mid-ranges, like, had, had clear lanes to just bully people into the rim and is taking fadeaway floaters. So, I mean, look, I, I, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but mm-hmm. as far as Wiseman goes, I'm about as far on the other end of the spectrum as Anthony Davis. That's, that's Man. <laughs> I mean, wow. I mean, when when I when, when I did when I did when I did research on Wiseman, like I did like read a lot of the stuff that you said, like you know, like defensively, he's slow with lateral movements mm-hmm. and like his hips yeah. are slow and yeah. things like that. And um, also offensively, like he does fall in love with the jumper way more often than he should with his, you know, mm-hmm. tools and everything. Um, So here's a fun question. Mm-hmm. So since, um, this, well, the guy who was on our podcast a few weeks ago said that he's like similar to Anthony Davis. Um, Is there any player comparison you have for James Wiseman in the NBA right now? Oh, I mean, man, you guys put me on the spot. I'm horrible at NBA comps. And I kind of all right, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> know, know your strengths, King. Really, know your strengths. This, I mean, this is kind of where I would say is, like, the hard thing with comps. Like, we their ESPN air, like, I not, well, credit to ESPN. Like, they do amazing draft coverage. The Draft Express guys over there are unreal. But, like, last year they were covering the draft, and they had, like, Chauncey Billups. And, like, I wrote a winners and losers column, and, I mean, I have nothing about respect for Mr. Big Shot, but, like, he actually made it in the losers of my losers of my winners and losers column. Damn. Because, like, he got up there and, like, he compared Rui Hachimura to Kawhi Leonard. And, like, oh, wow. It's just, look, it's just unfair to the kids, man. Like, you put, that's just, like, we're talking about a top three, top maybe top two or one, depending on who you ask Mm -hmm. and what time of the year player in the NBA. And, like, Rui, I had him in the 20s. He got drafted at nine, which I thought was a reach. But, like, 
even how how often do number nine picks turn into all NBA talent? So like yeah. when you're talking about NBA comps, like the realistic ones are the medium outcomes. We're talking about like sixth and seventh men, like the realistic ones. Um, but people don't want to hear that, so then we go out and throw their star outcome. Like, I mean, I can't, I can't tell you one for Wiseman because uh, like I'm so bad at comps and I don't want to say the wrong guy because then yeah. that misleads you in one way or another. Um, but I would just say like everything, I mean, you chew, everything I said, every, like everything, like stuff you read, depending upon where you read it, it is true. I mean, I think there's a good amount of people that know who, who he really is as a prospect. And then there's still some of those people that are just relying on YouTube clips and just that consensus recruiting ranking, right? When he was the number one prospect, which I didn't agree with at the time. I don't agree with it now. And that's kind of what's carrying him still at the moment. Okay. So... I guess we can we can leave the white snake. <laughs> yeah, Woo, this guy unloaded, <laughs> and I kind of expected. I kind of I kind of expected it though. I expected it. I expected yeah. it. But I, I to, but to hear somebody who really knows it, mm-hmm. like get into the, the the bitter details of it, makes it even more like woo. Like why yeah. is he even top ten the way you're talking? Maybe he should. Is it? Is it? Just sounds like it's strictly athletic based and nothing about the polish of his game. That's what is potential. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, yeah, and it's even we. Don't, I don't. We don't need to dive back into him, but I would just leave like the listeners if you haven't seen him with this, like the it's it's like measurements based at this point because if you mm-hmm. watch him as an athlete, I mean, look, if the dude ran a forty yard dash, you'd be like, oh my god, this guy has to be a number one pick. Just once again, like. Him running end to end, like I will give him that. He's incredible at that. And like he had a clip I saw in high school, he challenged a shot, then straight line sprint and had a put back dunk. And like I was like, damn, like this is what people see. But it's again, like the other stuff is just way more frequent. So it's hard yeah. for me to buy. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. All right. All right, cool. So back to the other question. <laughs> yeah. About the Knicks and who they should have their eye on in a draft. I guess yeah. you know what was should we go? Should we go number one to five or five to one? Or how do you feel like you want to do this? What's the easiest um, way? I feel like the people want to hear the big names first, so we can go one to five. All right, cool. All right. Big name. Let's go first. The first guy the Knicks should go after in this draft is, um, in my opinion, it's Anthony Edwards. Um, shooting guard, guard, combo guard, wing, whatever you want to call him, freak athlete from Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. he just. Look, no one in this draft has been consistent. Um, that's why it's getting all the, like, all the hate it is as an overall class. Mm. So when we're just talking about flashes, Anthony Edwards has the best flashes out of anyone in the class, and it's not really been close to me. Mm. Um, oh. 6'5", 225, definition of a power athlete. Like, if you look this kid up, his build is incredible. Yeah. Like, he looks the part of a linebacker, and when he's moving and he gets downhill, he's virtually unstoppable. Now, the problem is, it's not really a problem, but I've, I've been calling it a double-edged sword, and I think that's the only way to describe it. He has a wicked pull-up jumper. Like, if you watch him, mm. you can get into it from anywhere at any spot. He has step-backs. He has side-steps. He has crossovers. I mean, whatever. He has the complete bag. Like, nice. he has the entire bag. But the counter to that is he falls in love with his bag too much mm-hmm. and just settles for way too many contested twos or even pull-up threes. Like, I'm a big fan of the pull-up three. Mm-hmm. I think it opens up a ton of things on the basketball court, whether you make it or not. Obviously, it helps to be at a high clip. But, like, you look at Damian Lillard right now, and look, I'm not saying that Anthony Edwards is going to be Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. but that just gives you an idea of what the pull-up three can do or just right. having a pull-up threat. A better yeah. – like, maybe like Devontae Graham at times. It's like, yeah. he just completely opened up the floor. Um, and he has that potential. Like, some of his pull-up flashes are absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. But 
He's just not getting to the rim though for a guy that's 6'5", 225. Like, and this is the million dollar question that I'm kind of leaning one way towards, but I'm not completely sure. Is it that he can't get to the rim or that he won't get to the rim? Because if he mm. won't get to the rim, then the coaching staff can get to him. I mean, we've seen Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, they said, hey, stop taking mid-ranges. Either get to the rim or take a three. I mean, and look what he's doing right now, just right. by changing his shot selection. Um, if Ant can do that, like if Ant goes, and look, he's a great mid-range pull-up shooter. You never want to take that out of his game, but mm-hmm. if you want to distribute more of those to rim attempts and three-point attempts, that's just more, It's, I mean, it's simple math. It's more efficient. Yeah. So if it, that he won't get to the rim, I think he's hands down the best part, like the best prospect in the class just because of what he can become as a scorer defensively when he's locked in, mm-hmm. which isn't often because, again, he kind of has that up-and-down motor. When he's locked in, he can make some really good plays. And it's the same thing with his passing. When he's locked in, he makes good reads. He knows how to leverage his scoring gravity, um, makes his teammates better. But there's it's, it's tough because you just don't see it every night with him. You can get great ant, you can get bad ant. So, like, mm-hmm. it's just a tough pill to swallow when you're picking at number one. Right. But then you kind of just have to look up and down everywhere else and say, hey, are we really getting a better option Anywhere by going else. this other route? That, that's, that's what I'll leave you with. Like, okay. That, I'll say that. I also do want to mention Lamella Ball, though. What are, what are you guys think? What are your guys' thoughts on Lamella oh, Ball? And what wait, wait, hold Before we even get to Lamella Ball, I, I, before we get to that, I just want to ask you a question about okay. Anthony Edwards. Yeah, yeah when, no, what, I didn't want to rush anything. I just want, he was my second guy. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. With Anthony Edwards, once Anthony Edwards does go to the rim, is he able to yeah. finish with a decent consistency? Do you, do you know? Um, like... He's his touch. I can't you. It's, I can't really tell because he settles for so much contested stuff. Like okay, mm-hmm. he just when he gets the. I mean, like I'm sure you guys have seen like some of these power dunks. Like yeah, that's what I'll say is like he has the chance to be like an above the rim athlete. Like okay, some of his finishes are just like he'll put it on your head with no regard. Um, yeah. I think like I don't have finishing concerns with him. Like, we have, there's one person that I have legit finishing concerns with. A couple people actually that we'll talk that we'll all talk about later because they're in this range. But with Ant, I really don't think so because, I mean, there's just a threshold of touch required to knock down the, t- the difficult shots that he knocks down and he gets there. Um, some of these pull up threes, fading away mid ranges, like that requires some elite touch. Um, okay. It's not fluke shot making, so he does have that touch. Um, he's not like like a big like, I would say, like, floaters. He's not a big floater guy. That's an easy way to kind of tell if a guy's touched around the basket or not. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, look, he's shooting He's shooting 77% from the free throw line. He's a good free throw shooter. Oh, that's encouraging. Okay. You can't really look at the raw shooting numbers. Like, yes, he's shooting 31% from three. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you would adjust that back to a guy that are taking as many pull-up attempts as him, he would be close to, like, the higher percentile just because – the okay. shots he's taking are so much more difficult. You, you, like, yeah. you feel me on what I'm saying there? Yeah, so you're I don't, pretty... I don't necessarily think that he would have finishing issues. I just want to see him get there and apply that pressure. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is if he didn't take, if his shot selection was better, that 31% would just be so much higher. But just because he's taking so many pull-up threes, uh, yep. it, it, it's, it's affected the shooting percentage from that from that range. Yep, yep. I mean, mm-hmm. 100%. Basketball is context. I, I, that's... You can't look at one number is not going to tell you the story and multiple numbers aren't going to tell you the story. Like I'd rather have Anthony Edwards shooting 31% than some other guy shooting all spot ups at 36%. Mm-hmm. Like I see what you're saying. That's just, that's the give or take. Okay. Yeah. So, so what is your, so you're, you're, so if he's in the league, he's on the Knicks, do you feel like 
you definitely feel like he'll be a starter and a or do you think he's like what is what would his role be in the league? Is is he like the the off the off the bench scorer guy? I mean, so ideally, if you're picking number one or in the top three where he's going to go, you want to start. That's yeah. Just, that's when you're taking at that draft spot, you want star equity. Um, mm-hmm. This is why he's at number one. He has, I believe he has the most star equity if he puts everything together. Yeah. Um, I know you guys don't want to hear this, and it's the sad truth that I've probably come to imagine that the Knicks are not an ideal landing spot for him personally, just because like the way he's built, he needs yeah. to be put in a more competitive threshold. Like I don't know where you get that towards the top of the draft. It's mm-hmm. tough, but – He's a guy, he needs to be held more accountable on the defensive end. He needs to be more held more accountable on the shot selection yeah. and just push to, towards that upper gear that he can get to. Mm-hmm. If he goes to the Knicks and we're just going to roll the ball out, let him shoot 20 shots a game or 15 shots a game and go 40% from the field, he'll have some exciting plays, he'll have some breakout games, but is that really the best version of him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, yeah. yeah, this is the, true. With the, Knicks, with the Knicks, if I'm the Knicks, I am taking him at number one, but I like. If you're asking me what Anthony Edwards looks like in the league, I think he has a better career path if he doesn't end up in New York, sadly. It depends right. on the coaches as well because we don't know. Yep, yep. We, like, we don't yeah. know what coach is going to be here. We don't, like, and I don't know. With, even with the coaching staff we have here, I feel like the coaching staff we have here is they have more of a leash on the younger players than the veterans. Like, I, I feel like they yeah. let the veterans get away with murder. And then when the, when the younger guys take a bad shot or do a bad rotation, they kind of. Mm-hmm have a shorter leash on him in general, but whoever's here right now might not. It should be the other way around. It should be the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. We won't talk about that yet. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I I do have a question though. So say for example, the Knicks do draft Anthony Edwards. Do you see a potential clash between him and RJ Barrett since they play in similar positions? Good question. Yeah. I mean, look, position, positionless basketball is like at an all time high in the league right now, but mm-hmm. I definitely, you definitely do see a clash because those are two ball, like two ball dominant players who aren't necessarily going to like initially, like are, they're not heavy playmakers. Yeah. So if we already have those two on the court together, they both need the ball in their hands a lot. I, this is maybe just a sidetrack, like RJ Barrett in high school, he played on a loaded high school team. So maybe it was easier for him to do this then. But, like, he was a little bit of, like, a Swiss Army knife at times. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. They had a bunch of other really good guards, so he would be a good cutter, curling him up off-ball action. Like, if he becomes a good spot-up three-point shooter, like, that would be huge for him. I don't know if, like, having RJ having the ball in his hands, creating for RJ all the time is mm-hmm. how we get the best version of him, but time will tell. But, no, you do bring up a good point. Like, if Anthony Edwards and RJ are that, – that's our number three pick from last year and our maybe top pick this year – if they're going to be on the court together and they're going to need the ball and neither of them are big playmakers and neither of them are going to initiate for others, then that does that really lead to a successful offense? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know, but at that point, like we talked about, you just have to go best player available mm-hmm. available. And for me, and the guy. Yeah. yeah. Dang, I, that's, that's rough, man. Cause at that point, it's I kind of feel it like tough, you, you gotta down the line. You, if it doesn't work, you gotta make a move. Otherwise, you just kind of end up with a Garland Sexton situation. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. I mean, I thought. Look, I told you guys at the beginning. Like, it's 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 gonna be a tough pill to swallow. It is like this. Uh, this is why I want to talk about Lamelo because if we're talking about just general fit, mm-hmm. he probably is a better fit. Yeah, because I mean, to be honest about it, like, at least my list per se, like, 
I always like I like I did view Lamelo Ball and Anthony Edwards as one and two, but I pick but I pick mm-hmm. Lamelo Ball over Anthony Edwards just for the simple fact that I felt like Lamelo Ball would be a more better fit for the Knicks than Anthony Edwards. So it's it's good to see that yeah. I'm you know I'm kind of right here. <laughs> yeah, no, yep, no, nope, you're definitely on the right path. It's yo and Lamelo is so so polarizing as well because of I don't know if it's the Lavar thing or. Yeah. The shooting thing, and we don't have, and we don't need, shoot, we don't have shooting, and he can't shoot. But yeah, it's, it, it, I, I feel like certain scouts have a mess. Some have a mess too. Some are like, I don't even want to mess with him because his defense is bad, or or because yeah. he can't shoot, or like I don't know what it is. But break down your little little metal ball. So yeah, we'll talk Lamelo. Yeah. So basically, I mean, my main bullet point is like, look, like this isn't just a hype because it's Lonzo's little brother, big baller brand. He went to Australia, like. Slam was on his team's jersey. Like, this kid's the real deal. Like, legit real deal. Um, he's 6'7", I think. Um, they haven't measured him in a while, but he's grown a ton since high school. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a true lead guard, I think. Um, he doesn't have a ton of pop in terms of, like, Athletic. getting downhill and exploding to the basket. But yeah. he kind of he'll kind of get walled off, especially in isolation attempts. Like, there's one clip of him where he just goes, like, between his legs repeatedly, like, eight times. That's <laughs> <laughs> a really bad attempt. Um, I mean, people have watched it and they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So, look, with everyone, no, no one's no one's game film is perfect, but, like, some of the passes he makes, man, like, I just, like, well, I need to rewind that and watch it, like, four more times. Like, at 6'7", his ability to not only, like, read but manipulate defenses with his – I mean, the ha- his handle at that height is wicked. Like, he'll he'll set people up in ball screens with creative dribbles. He has combos to shake his defenders. Once he gets in the lane, like, he's, he's pretty controlled with the ball, I would say. Like, but he's just, like, where he's at his best is just, like, deceiving the defense with his, like, eyes, with his floater gravity, just, like, with everything. He just makes some, like, the touch on his passes. I mean, you, you guys have seen, he's been throwing full-court baseball passes since he was a 14-year-old. Like, he's still doing that now. Just, like, the touch on his lobs is great. Like, it's through the, off the charts, like, through the roof. Like, he is a real-deal passer. I think he's the best passer in this class, and, like, yeah. This class is loaded with playmakers. Um, you guys mm. mentioned the shooting. Yeah. The shooting is tough. Like it's definitely a tough pill to swallow. The percentages, he's thirty seven percent from the field and twenty five from three Ooh, on yeah. six point seven three point eight attempts a game. Yeah. <laughs> not, not but but what I'll say, what I'll say okay. is when you take into account he basically couldn't hit a shot for the first like month of his season, whatever it is. I don't have the game log in front of me, but like Ooh. it was brutal. Um, the mechanics were kind of all over the place. You guys watch him. You know he kind of has that leg kick. His lower body mechanics are kind of off. Yeah. But as the season progressed, he got a ton of – he got a lot, lot better. Um, just that's go- – going all the way across the world is not an easy thing. Playing it from a prep school league where I watched a ton of their games, they were just rolling the ball out there. Like Spire had some dudes, but they were just rolling the ball out there. To going to like organized mm. structured professional league with grown men, that's an adjustment. So mm-hmm. it's not shocking that his shooting numbers kind of – plummeted during the first month of that season but as season got on not only did the numbers get better but just the eye test of his mechanics got better mm-hmm. um, his lower body got a lot more balanced he was go- jumping off two landing off two going straight up i mean especially on his pull-up jumpers which is going to be a huge weapon because he has a ton of range like he he th- that's one thing he definitely has for sure is range and touch and like when we're talking about anthony edwards and we're talking about shooting indicators like lamello has all the indicators he's tough i mean he'll pull a floater from 15 feet away and it'll drop straight through the net. Like his touch on floaters and just little touch passes, he has every indicator in the book. So if you're okay. a believer that touch 
equates to future shooting, like which I'm, I, I can buy that. And I know a lot of smart people on Twitter praise that. So I'm going to go with them on that. And then you've got to believe that he's going to be able to shoot it at some point. Free throw shooting. And yeah. even if he be, like, even if he becomes a little bit above league average on his volume with his passing, that's really all you need him to be. We're not asking him to be a 40% three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. Like, we just need him to be league average, so that doesn't hurt his efficiency because you're really getting sold on the passing. Like, the playmaking is incredible. Right. Yeah. So how's his free-throw shooting? So his free-throw shooting, let me pull up his numbers. I don't know if I have them right in front of me. Okay. I got I got a free. So his free-throw shooting is 72%. Not, not, not great, bad. But not great, but not... It's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. I mean, nothing that jumps off the page that screams, this guy's going to shoot it. Right. Like mm-hmm. Killian Hayes, who we'll talk about later. Killian! But, <laughs> but, not, but nothing detrimental, right? Like, he's not in the 60s. He's mm-hmm. not... Right. He does, his mechanics aren't broken, and they've come a long way. Like... Look, we've talked about Lonzo revamping his shot. Lamelo had one of the ugliest shots I've ever seen as a freshman. Like, <laughs> he literally would flare. I mean, you can look at a picture. To, he literally would flare his right elbow out and then shoot it. It was like a two-motion, like, let me flare my elbow, and then I'll flick it. I have no idea how it went in, but it did. So, yeah. like, just the fact that he's revamped that, he's gotten his leg kick under control for the most part. Mm-hmm. The elbow, there's still a flare, but it's so much less significant. That speaks to his work ethic. Um, okay. I think if you can just kind of keep that up i think he'll shoot it i really do um the defense is tough sometimes he gets yeah. caught like i mean that's the consensus look that like a lot of these things are following him from his chino hills days and his spire days which i don't think is completely fair because that dude had a leash longer than anyone i've ever seen before oh but, yeah but the so counterpoint you- does as espn's mike schmidt talks about all the time is that's what made him who he was the freedom he had allowed him to try new shit out every time and see mm-hmm. what worked and see what and see what didn't and so you think he the, is so you think the yeah, defensive knock on him is overrated so i i think the defense is rough and it definitely needs work but you're we're still talking about a dude who's six seven with some good length and who's a really smart basketball player so mm-hmm. at some point you're kind of just gonna have to hope that once he puts a little bit more muscle on, because he's going to need to put some more muscle on. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, we know that. (laughs) Yeah. So you got to hope that once he puts, like, a little bit more muscle on, he's just going to rely on his reads and become a solid team defender. I don't think he's going to be a great team defender, but if he can, with his offensive potential, if he can just be a serviceable, neutral defender, that's going to be a win. And I think his roadmap to that is not going to be an on-ball stopper. It's just going to be, hey, I know the game – two steps ahead of everyone else. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if I'm locked in, I can make some plays. So that's, yeah. that's his roadmap. It's definitely gotten better. But again, everything you're reading, it's, it's still not great on that end. All right. Yeah. So number two, pretty much because he's an elite playmaker. Mm-hmm. Possibly yep. he can shoot yep. later on in the league. Defense, you're hoping that can come around at some point and be decent. Uh, yep. Definitely needs to do some push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one thing about the push about push-ups and just full camera weight, one thing that is worth noting is that like, when he like, he doesn't get all the way to the rim because I don't think he wants contact. Like mm-hmm. he has the ball in his hands all the time, and he's not really getting to the line that much. I think it was like three point nine free throw attempts, which again, Ooh, okay. nothing mm-hmm. I like, nothing eye popping. Like like Tyrese Halliburton, who we'll talk about later, who was allergic be- to contact. Yeah. But Lamelo, he kind of, and even when he does get fouled, he gets bumped off his spot so easily. Or even when there's contact and the ref doesn't call it, it's tough for him to finish. So mm-hmm. like. In turn, he settles for too many, like too many floaters. Like mm. I love this. I love the floater in general. It's I think it's such a sweet shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lamelo is one of the best out of them. 
one of the best at it, probably the best floater in this class. Right. So I, there's nothing more than seeing him drain a floater, but there's sometimes where I'm like, man, just attack his, attack his hip yeah. and get mm-hmm. to him. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I think that, foul, that mentality will come with when he gets more muscle and he won't get, he's not getting, he doesn't feel like he's getting bumped off his spots all the time. Mm-hmm. And really, where you can really feel like he can get up there, take the bump and explode to the rim. So I think putting on weight will help him on both ends dramatically. All right, most definitely. It's a pretty, pretty, pretty thorough pick and roll defense too. Or... Yeah, I mean, he had a really bad habit of in the beginning. I haven't watched him in a little bit, but in the beginning of the season, he would like go under screens and just like get sc- caught in screens way too easily. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably like, and we we're just like, I'm, I was talking to a couple of people, and they're just like, look, you're six seven, dude. Go over that screen and just try to play from behind and alter that shot and get try to get back into the play. Like, you yeah. going under the screen and getting completely shielded isn't doing anything to help your defender. So, um, if you guys want a real in-depth stuff, like, you know, have you guys heard of Spencer, Spencer Perlman? Oh, yeah. Sp- yeah. yeah, I know Spencer. He follows Spencer. Yeah, yeah. So follow. he's yeah, yeah. a big, big Knicks guy. He does a lot of stuff with John Makery and and at the Knicks film school. So yeah, he, he kind of on the show last year, kind of, sort of. I kind of I kind of interviewed yeah, him yeah, last so, year. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer Spencer's one of the best draft guys out there, hands down, and he – watches more film than anyone I can even name off the top of my head. So he wrote a really detailed Lamello explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys are looking for anything else, he covers it in there. So that's what I would say. Um, just because right. I haven't watched him in a little bit, and I know mm-hmm. Spencer will cover anything that I yeah. didn't have in Definitely right, cool. Stephian, Stephian. Definitely check out Stephian. Yep, yeah. Stephian. That's All right, I got one more. I have one last question on Lamello Ball. All right, so Sounds good. yeah, so um, like how we were discussing Anthony Edwards, you said like sometimes his motor can be – a bit iffy sometimes, like sometimes he's on it and sometimes he's off. What about LaMelo Ball's motor? Yeah. motor? Like, what do you think of his motor? So, I mean, that was probably my biggest qualm with him, like watching him in high school and stuff, like at Spire, I would say. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you watch a Spire game and, like, there are times where, like, literally the broadcast will be on defense and, like, LaMelo isn't in the broadcast screen because he's not back on defense. Like the team will Julius be not <laughs> the team will be in the half court offense, like running their stuff, and Lamelo is just not on the screen. Damn. Like, he wasn't held accountable for that, and that was what it was. That was the situation, and that was the leash he had. Now, did some of that leash equate to his offensive genius? Yes, it did 100. percent But the defensive lapses off the ball and just not being fully engaged is kind of what you're seeing as a result of that. Mm-hmm. But the kid, like like anyone else who plays basketball, he wants to win. Like so, I don't think it's hardwired in his brain that he doesn't care, like win or lose. Um, that's what I would say. Uh, like, all right, okay. If you're bet, like, yes, it fluctuates, like Anthony Edwards, but that wouldn't be what would keep me from picking him. You know, like mm-hmm. I just feel like as a coaching staff with proper player development, you can hold this kid accountable. And but. He's a tough one because you don't want to hold him. Like, you never want to contain him. Or, yeah, like, you want to give him some type of freedom. So it's tough. But yeah. getting him to play hard all the time, especially being engaged on defense off the ball, will be a huge point of emphasis for whoever drafts him. All right. Cool. So, LaMelo is number two. Number yep. three. Yep. LaMelo is number two. Number two on my board. So, number three. Are we going who I think the Knicks should pick at number three or who I have number three on my personal board? You guys tell me. Number three on your personal board. Now I'm going to go to Knicks. All right. How many, wait, I don't need for Knicks on your personal board. <laughs> All, right. All so, right. Well, my number three and four, I would, I could, you could interchange them for me at this point. I'm not hard set on either one. 
and I think they'd both be good picks for the Knicks. So I'll go with number three first. So Denny Abdiya from Israel, he plays for Maccabi Tel Aviv. Um, okay. One of my favorite prospects in the draft, for sure. Kind of just a do-it-all forward, jack-of-all-trades. Like, he just finds a way to impact every, like, every single facet of the game. Like, if the, he'll make a great help side rotation on defense. He can pass. Like, have you guys seen anything of him? Or am I just giving your first breakdown? I've read mm. a little bit about him, but I haven't seen Yeah, I haven't really seen much video. highlights, yeah. I just, I've been reading. So I've, I've okay. read that the he's a passer, jack-of-all-trades, but not super yeah. athletic. Correct? Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, the athletic stuff is definitely uh, – I wouldn't say he's not athletic, but what you basically see, and it's evident on film, is he doesn't have super long arms. Mm-hmm. So if he's only six eight, with I think yeah, I don't have it up, but like six eight, six nine wingspan, I don't think he has crazy length. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna want him to play the role of a secondary rim protector, where he can basically, if your big man's getting put in any type of action, he can slide over from help and protect the rim. Um, I think he can play that role. I really do, because he's just really smart, like really, really smart, and it goes on both ends. Like he'll make a ton of great reads whether it's stop, like tagging the role man early, switching, just communicating with like communicating with his teammates. Like he makes really good defensive. So, wait, so, all question, the time. so you, question, question, yeah. secondary only because he, he has the length, but not the athleticism to, to compensate. Yeah, so, I mean, you mm-hmm. will, you're never going to want to play him at center just Got because it. one, he's only six, eight and undersized. And mm-hmm. two, like he still doesn't have that strength to bang mm-hmm. the centers. Like, okay. He, yeah. He doesn't, I was watching a game, and you guys remember Jan Vesely, the wizard who the, who the Wizards picked? Oh, yeah, I, yeah, now. I remember like, him, yeah. Yeah, he was a big-time big time bust in the league, but he's back in Europe now, and he was playing against Denny. And Jan kind of pushed him around a little bit and mm. got the best of him under the basket at some times. Now, it's not – that didn't turn me off because, like, he's still 18, and he still has a ton of time to put on weight, get his frame better. But And just that experience of playing with grown men, I think, will help him translate to the league. But yeah, that's. I mean, he's a four, and that's like that's just his ideal position. I wouldn't try to stretch him to be the five. Okay, just right. on the defensive end at least. But the offensive end is what I really like because I watched him. He played in the U twenty European Championships with Israel over the summer, and he was their primary initiator straight up. It was, they let him. They gave him the ball and said, "Let's rock." And he, they had another quick point guard guy named Yam Madar. He might go to the draft, but he's a little bit too sleeper for this podcast. Mm-hmm. But between him and Danny, they were a ton of fun to watch. Like I'd recommend if if the Knicks get in his range, I'd recommend go watch it, some of those games on YouTube. Anyways, all right, okay. He just like he made he made the right decision every single time. Like he would get into the lane, see the see the help, manipulate the secondary help, and make the right read. He was killing. The one big thing with him is the shooting. That's going to be his swing skill. Mm-hmm. I like in that tournament he was operating more on the ball, but when you watch him with Maccabi Tel Aviv playing against in those pro leagues, whether it's EuroLeague or just in the Israeli league, they'll run him off some pick and roll sometimes, but more his more his role more is just kind of stand in the corner when the ball comes to you, knock down the cut and shoot, attack closeouts, or they can use him as a screener just to go off the pop. Like I think he's definitely really versatile on the offensive end, just as someone who can catch and shoot, hand okay. put it on the rack and make a play because he makes good decisions when the ball is in his hands. It's Bobby just boards. that simple. Yeah, but on the skills the shooting. The swing skills, the shooting, and I had, I had a funny tweet the other day, just the difference between his three-point shooting and free-throw shooting. Mm-hmm. The three-point shooting, he's up to 38%, which is, if you told me in the in the summer he's going to shoot 38%, i say, oh, this, kid, this kid has a chance to be the number one pick in the draft. Just because he does everything so well and impacts every part of the game, 
that if he's going to be a reliable catch-and-shoot shooter, he's just going to be one of the best players in this class. Now, he's shooting 51% from the foul line. Ooh, what? <laughs> Damn. This new NBA is... It's the new crop probably, of kids where they can shoot threes and not shoot free throws. Weird, man. Yeah. I don't know. It, it defies the laws of physics and time, and I don't yeah, know. It, <laughs> it, it defies everything. It's probably the most confusing stat of any prospect in the draft because it makes no sense. The mechanics aren't broken, and he's a confident kid. Like, I'm going to chalk it up to mental because yeah. that's mm-hmm. just like free throws. I'm like thinking it too much. Stuff. Yeah. You're just overthinking it. But, like, what I like. What I love about him, I'm, what I love about the kid is that he's a fiery competitor and like he loves I like that. the game and he like he'll dive on the floor. You see, like he has raw emotion, like really raw emotion Speak on the court. Mm-hmm. And he just, I mean, like I, I told you, I was only gonna want, gonna curse and I want to emphasize something. The kid gives a fuck. Like that. Is, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's straight up. It's straight up. Like we're talking about some of those top two prospects fluctuating in and out of games. Are they locked in? Are they not? Denny is. Locked in, playing team-winning basketball all the time. That's what so, I like. like. I don't like no Dennis Smith yeah. stuff. You, yeah, that's and so in terms of the Knicks, that three-pointer is even more of a swing skill because we're talking about Mitchell Robinson, Mitch Robinson, who we want to shoot, but we don't really know if he's going to shoot it. I wouldn't. I'm not. I wouldn't place a confident bet that he's going to be reliable three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett definitely shoots a lot of them. Not sure if they go in. We're not sure if he's even shooting with the right hand. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> true. He's a righty, but I'm a lefty. But yeah. I shoot better by right. Yeah. But I shoot whatever, left with the hand. Whatever that was. So, and then we're just we just have lineups that don't have a ton of shooting. That's just yeah. what plays us. We play basketball like it's 2008 again. Yeah. So if you're gonna like, it's a tough sell to say, okay, we're gonna draft this four to go along with our three RJ and five Mitchell Robinson. And he shoots 51% from the foul line. But yeah. mm-hmm. I'll counter that and say the kid is a tireless worker. He's confident as hell. He is a good-looking stroke. The mechanics are good. Awesome. And he's gotten better <laughs> with his stroke every single year. So I'm buying the three-point shot, and I'm buying Denny as a very solid pick for the Knicks if they fall anywhere between the three to six range, I'd say. All right. All right, cool. So that was your overall third pick? Yeah. That you still yeah, think, that he, huh? He's three. He's number three on my board with a slight lead over the next guy who we'll talk about. The slight lead right, over the next guy, read. and the slight lead is over who? It's over Killian Hayes, the French kill. Okay, kill, kill. Now, when people hear Killian Hayes, and they hear he's French, <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, this is so, things that happen in people's head. Thing. They either get like PTSD because yep. they're like, "Oh my God, no, we don't, lo- we, we we can't stand Frankie. He's not aggressive enough." But or they go, "Oh well, he's a he's system guy. That's cool." But we want, I think people want a playmaker. So, so is he a playmaker? So, so he's the definition of a playmaker. I knew he's um, gonna I say that. Mm-hmm. That he was at, he's actually born in Florida. So oh, wow. those crazy Knicks fans, he's he's a Florida point guard. He was born in Florida. Ah. So, for, so for the crazy Knicks fans Take who that. are <laughs> traumatized by the word French point guard, we can say he was born in Florida and currently plays in Germany. All true. Just leave out that he's a French citizen. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um so basically with Killian, like you're getting great size. He's a six-five point guard. He's strong, unlike Lamelo. He doesn't get bumped off the spots. Mm-hmm. When he's driving, he's he'll take the contact and he'll finish. Again, great touch. 
is, he is a really good floater package. He's shooting 91% from the free throw line. Come on. Come, come yeah. on. And he's, light, he's lighting it up, like absolutely lighting it up. And he's one of my favorite players to watch because his passing is incredible. Like I told you guys, this class, if it's flooded with one thing, it's flooded with playmakers. And mm-hmm. there's a ton of dudes that can pass. And Killian is definitely one of them. Question. Coming off the pick and roll, I mean, he's absolutely deadly. He'll hit the corner. I mean, he'll throw whip passes all over the court with serious velocity and serious accuracy. He's pinpoint. He'll manipulate the defense like it's nothing with his eyes, jump balls, fakes, everything. Like, he'll get them in the air, and he'll get them second-guessing. And what I like about him is he's just matured. He's re- grown and matured over the course of the season. Back in the first month of the season when he made the move with Ulm in the Germany League, he was averaging, I can't remember, but he was turning the ball over a ton. Like, kind of reckless with it, always trying to make that home run highlight pass. And as the year went on, the game slowed down for a little bit. And he's a guard. He's not going to win you over with speed. He doesn't have great burst, but mm-hmm. he has great size, great composure, and great pace. So okay. once he started to settle into that pace, and he won't lull you to sleep, but he'll, he'll, put, you on, he'll, he'll put you on his back. He'll use his size. He'll use that tall frame to see over the defense and see over the help. And once it kind of clicked for him, he has taken off and hasn't looked back since. Uh, like I said, he is, he's just between him and Denny, you could call it 3A, 3B on my board right now. Mm-hmm. And with the Knicks, he's probably one of my favorite fits for them. Question, right. though, because I've had this debate in my mind because I'm hearing about LaMelo Ball and Killian and even Halliburton, which you can talk about later. I, yep. In my mind, I sound crazy. I'm like, why not take a Killian over a Lamelo? So I actually think and this is gonna sound kind of crazy because after all those numbers, I'd rather you guys off 91% from the line, 39% from three. Mm-hmm. Killian really struggles with catch and shoot stuff. He's shooting 25% on spot-up no-dribble jumpers this year. Only 32 attempts, so not not a huge sample size. Mm-hmm. But considering he had a ton of shooting woes last year in France, and now again only shooting 25% on spot-up no-dribble, no-dribble jumpers, it's not the end of the world. And I see a roadmap. Like, there's a roadmap for Killian to be above LaMelo, and I wouldn't even argue with that. Right now, I do think LaMelo is probably more of a dynamic passer mm-hmm. than Killian is. Mm-hmm. No, Again, no disrespect to Killian. He's incredible in his own right, but LaMelo, I think his handle, he is a shiftier handle, which allows him to set up everything else better. Okay. Um, so I think his handle probably gives him a slight edge. And just LaMelo is two inches taller, so that opens up X amount of things. But where, Lame- where Killian is much better at Lame- than LaMelo is around the rim. Uh, mm-hmm. like, like I said, he's not going to beat you with like speed and burst and just blow right by you like some of the other guards in this draft. But kind of like you like you know where you know when Luca does that deceleration when he gets to the rim, he'll just like stop, stop on the yeah, guy and like, have you fly by. Like he'll like freeze in air and the defender will go flying by and he'll just float it off the top. Good move of the for you point guards, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for, for short so, guys like me. Julian, <laughs> so basically. That move only works if you can take the bump and maintain your center of gravity and maintain your balance. And right. Mm-hmm. Killian's really strong, so he can do that, and that's been working for him a lot. Like, early in the year, he would try to just go straight up, meet him at the rim, layup, line, layup, and he was getting a lot of his stuff pinned. But mm-hmm. that still happens now. Every point guard gets pinned. But right. now he's kind of learning how to use his leverage more, getting into defenders' shoulder, like getting into their bodies more, mm-hmm. creating that separation bumping them off their spot rather than just waiting for them to come at him. So he's rapidly improved over the course of the year, been super productive. 
visible growth, and he's one of my favorite prospects. And look, if the Knicks walked away with Killian, I'd be very happy. I'd be happy too. And his All name right, is cool. Killian. Don't like. Do you know what we can do with a name like that on the Knicks? Killian. Killian kills. I, bulls. And this is also what like, I'll say about him. Like, you pull up a picture of him, combine that with the like. He's the swaggiest dude in this draft by far. There's no question about it. Like. He has that French look. He's good curls. He wears he's got cool glasses. Oh, him and Frank. They're gonna be taking the, the illest. New York girls are gonna fall in love with them, man. I'm telling you. Oh man, him and Frank gonna be gonna be having a drip contest. Drip on Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's got it all going on. So look, if Keelan was shooting up for the Knicks in the Garden next year. I'd be a happy guy. And, and I was, I can just imagine two Killian with RJ, with Frank, and they're all talking French to each other. <laughs> On the court at the same time, you kind of have like an interchangeable 6'5", six, 6'7", six, almost three yeah. playmakers going at the same time. Like, like yeah. that's like kind of mm-hmm. real positionless basketball. I mean, if, yep. if Killian yep. can actually start to hit catch-and-shoot jumpers. That's, yeah. Anyway. I, I do have one oh, question about one Killian, thing. though. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Um. So we've been talking about like how he's on the offensive end. How is he? How is he on defense? So yeah, that was what I was going to get to next. All right. This is a huge part of his projection because basically in the beginning of the year, if you read what I said in my preseason board about Killian, I was probably a little bit too harsh and kind of missed the forest of the trees with him. But basically, his point of attack defense was absolutely brutal. Like brutal, <sighs> brutal. Uh, there's a game. He played in FIBA, it was U-17, so it would be like two summers ago, probably okay, a long time yeah. ago. But this is, he kind of has this, his posture is really upright. Mm, so lower, his yeah. posture is really upright and his steps are really heavy. So mm. he doesn't have the, those like quick, quick turn hips and like he'll, he can't like slide, like go from slide to run really quickly. So Matt can roll probably. Yeah, he's, he's not like a great lateral, or he wasn't at least a great lateral athlete. Like, Andre Corbello, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He's a city he's a city guy. He plays for Lou High. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically he blew by him cleanly every single time. Literally every single time. Damn, uh, damn. And I was just like and I was just like, how is this kid gonna even be sustainable in the league? Like if he can't guard anyone on the ball. Mm-hmm. So going back to earlier in the season with Ulm, there those kind of problems are still rearing their head. Like he was getting blown by way too often. He was overplaying his guy at the point of attack, which results in way too clean of a blow-by. And something must have clicked for him because ever since then, he's just learning how to use his body to, like, contain the ball handler more. He doesn't okay. need to be Pat Bev and be up, in, be up in their grill. He's just – he's a 6'5 point guard. He's strong, and he can contain the ball. So, yes, he does have some, still like, lapses where he'll just get blown by way too easily or caught way too upright. But if you believe you can fix that posture, even – minimize it and minimize its negatives on the court mm-hmm. he's a real defensive upside because he's six five and like lamello he sees the game two steps before everyone else so that that offensive iq that results in him slinging whip passes all over the court and just being really deceptive with the ball that translates to defense and he lives in the passing lanes like he'll i don't know what his steal percentage is off the top of my head but he i mean he's really like he is good like we talked about he's good size he's six five can maybe guard multiple multiple positions, which is huge for your lead initiator. Right. And then he just he's in the passing lanes, he's making plays, he's being he's a good team defender. He's just disrupting plays, whether that's getting a getting a hand in there, getting a strip, just tagging the roll, just 
doing anything to disrupt the other team's offensive flow, he's been really good there. Uh, it's just a like a philosophy thing where if you think point of attack defense is more important than team defense, I think team defense is more important, but obviously if you're a guard and you're getting blown by all the time, that's just not tenable. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Getting to see, like, watching him make that progress in the German league has been incredible because I love okay. I've always loved his offensive game, but you, you can't force yourself to buy something if you don't think the other side of the ball is tenable. But mm-hmm. now that not only is it tenable, but he's showing real flashes of being a solid defender, I'm pretty much all the way in. Okay. All right. That's all right. All right. Ready to turn that around, Kyle yeah. Scale. I, I was like, oh God, no. Yeah. That's not what we need. No, this is why I didn't want DSJ here. Nah, God, God, but all right. <laughs> no, I, I had to I had to preface it with where he was to now where he is now. Yeah. It's, it's a big part of him as a prospect. Exactly. He was 17 at the time, which is a long way from you know where your prime will be. Long way. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. But when when you play overseas, you gotta watch any film you can get. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, true. True. Very true. Very true. All right. Cool. So, we got we got Anthony Edwards, we got Lamelo at two. We have who's three again? Um, Maccabi. So, um, I don't I, Israel dude. Yeah, I didn't want to mess his name. Yeah. Maccabi Tel Aviv. Maccabi Tel Aviv. Yep. Yeah, Maccabi Tel Aviv. Four. Killian. Killian. Yeah. Favorite name Killian. in the draft. By far, by far. Five. I think I knew. I don't know. Yeah. So at five, I have. So I don't know if you guys. So I basically had eight guys that I want to talk about for this range. If that's cool with you guys. Okay. So my fifth guy is on my personal board. I don't know how good of a fit he is for the Knicks, but I guess I'll give him some airtime. Tyrese Maxey from Kentucky. Okay. Oh yeah, I see, I've seen him play a little bit. I've heard of yeah, the combo so, guard six three. Yep. Yep. Six three. Yep. Six three combo guard. Um. He's been kind of underwhelming. I was a big fan of him pre-draft, but everyone's been kind of underwhelming, so you can only move him down so many spots. Yeah. Um, so he's still in that tier two range for me. Basically with Maxi, I think he's shooting like 30% from three right now. Mm-hmm. I think he's a much better shooter than that. His yeah. pull-ups are really, really fluid. He has kind of a flat arc on his jumper. That kind of makes people skeptical, but I just think that's like his release. That's just how it goes. Like, if you can you can change that obviously if you want to, but I wouldn't mess with that honestly. I think he's a real like his touch is crazy. Like Lamelo, him and Lamelo go back and forth. The Nico Mannion for best floater in the class. Maxi okay. has mm-hmm. it. Like his floater game is on locks. He has it. Both hands, both legs. What improvise over shot blockers. He has it in the bag. And so if you're buying that touch, which I am, and you're buying his fluidity and pull ups, then you think he has a chance to be a legit score. Like I think he has a chance to be a legit score in the NBA. He's really, really strong. He isn't in terms of vertical pop. He's not the greatest athlete. Like he's not going to dunk on you or I don't know how many dunks he has in the year, but he's not like some other guys, some other guys in this draft that are like going to come down the lane and put it on your head. Like mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. really, but he's really, really strong when he's finishing around the big men. He doesn't get that pop. So like there was a play that was like, everyone was like, gee, like, you can't be doing that. He was one-on-one with a point guard, and he ended up against Auburn, it was, I think, and he ended up getting blocked. And it's just like, you can't do that. If you're a top-five pick, you got to either finish him or get fouled. Mm, and yeah. he got blocked out of bounds. I don't know how the possession ended, but that's just kind of unacceptable for a guy of that caliber. But then he gets these other flashes where he'll split the defense, get downhill, take the contact from a seven-footer, and finish it. With okay. the end. Mm-hmm. And that's like those flashes are just really, really incredible. And on the defensive side, he's a pest. Like, he will get up in your shit. 
He is, brings great energy. That's what I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just a dog. He's a dog. He's a dude you want to suit up with. He's, but again, yeah. he is undersized. 6'3", yeah. 6'3". He is really strong, so he'll buckle up against bigger guys. But just the, like physical limitations, you do wonder how, like, how much of a part that would play in the league. However, I'm fairly optimistic. Just like he hasn't had great defensive numbers this year, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty optimistic with him on that end just because that's always been a trademark of his game. Always been a trademark of his game. Why yeah. Why pick him over? Because I know, I know the, the, the popular guy. Yeah. Cole Anthony, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Everybody, I think so, ESPN was like, oh, I think ESPN had a, a top a draft pick, uh, top 10, whatever. I, don't, I think Cole Anthony was towards the bottom. So why, why him over Cole Anthony? So with Cole, we were talking about finishing worries earlier in the year, and mm-hmm. I have finishing worries with Cole. Like, the sample mm-hmm. is way too big at this point, and the numbers are way too concerning for it to be anything else. Uh, coming into the year, Cole was pushing for number one for me. I had him and Anthony Edwards in a tier of their own, and they were 1A, 1B on a ton of people's boards. I ended up giving Ant- Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards, the slight bump, but Cole was right there. And I wrote in my proceeds preseason board like he was my pick for national player of the year mm-hmm. I, he was that dominant in aau fiba whatever like whatever setting he played in he dominated it was that simple so he's had a really underwhelming and confusing campaign at north carolina mm-hmm. the mm. upside to go him with like tyrese maxi and cole and i saw i someone posted this on twitter a couple days ago so i'm i'm, I'm trying i can't think who it was but basically they were talking about how Look, you let's say you take Cole. If Cole doesn't pan out, that's extremely detrimental to your franchise because that's he's a lead initiator. He's gonna have the ball in his hands all the time, yes, and he can shoot, but he's gonna shoot a lot. So <laughs> if Cole comes in there, he's gonna demand a ton of shots because that's his game. Yeah. And if he hits, that's great. You have a point guard with endless pull-up range who's a legit scorer. Right. But mm-hmm. With Cole, Cole and Maxi in the same, they don't. They're not great decision makers, and they're not great passers. Neither of them or deceiving the defense, mm. like Killian, LaMelo, any of them, they're kind of just reacting to the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, they're not making advanced playmaking reads. So I kind of view Cole as an off-the-ball guard. I really do, because right. the shooting is the most translatable trait, and he can knock it down off the catch, off the dribble, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't know if I want Cole initiating my offense as the lead ball handler. So if we're talking just value, if he's – Cole, I like his team defense. He flashes some pretty athletic play. Cole has that pop as an athlete. He'll put it on your head. Yeah. Um, he's been injured. He's been injured this year. I don't know how long, when that started, how long it's been lingering. He's lacked that burst that he showed in, like, when in, F- in FIBA, he would get downhill in a second. And he, like Maxi, is really strong. Mm-hmm. So both of them can kind of finish through the help. But with Maxi, you just get a more, I think he's a more reliable pick. Maybe the ceiling isn't as high. But as a proponent, like, I'm the same guy who would be fine if the Knicks paid Fred Bentley big money this offseason because Oof. I'm tired of I'm tired of people coming into, the, uh, coming into the team and just not being good at basketball. I, I understand, <laughs> man. There's that crew. I've heard that theory before about just give Fran, Fred Van Fleet all the money. Yeah. I get it, but I, I want to wait. But we'll, 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 that's, that's another episode. That's another episode. We can talk that later. But basically, yeah. I just want to use that a point of this, like my Knicks philosophy. Get mm-hmm. good basketball players in the building. Mm-hmm. And with Maxi, you know what you're getting. He's going to compete on both ends. He is one of the most electric personalities I've ever been around. A hell of a competitor. Everyone like wants that. to be around him. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's a good guy to get into your team. Like, yeah. He's a good mm-hmm. guy to get into your team. 
He can be on and off the ball. I think he's a better shooter than the numbers show. He has really good range. He can attack the rim, finish it around the help. And you're look, the Knicks really lack playmaking. So yeah. Yeah. it's going to be a tough sell to take another guard that isn't a great passer. Right. But at the end of the day, how many guys on the team right now are really going to be a part of our core future? So just don't draft or fit. I think in this five to eight range, I would I, four, maybe, probably not four, five to seven, eight range, I'd feel comfortable taking Maxi and just get him, get a good basketball player on the team. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Versus Cole, while the upside is intriguing, he's the hometown kid. He is a picture in Craig's Knicks jersey from yeah. his grand <laughs> photo shoot that I have on my camera roll and I've been posting it every time he has a good game. I just think it's meant to be. But you just got to wonder if the hometown hero is what we really need right now. Nah. Like, do we really need another guy who's going to demand the ball nope. and take 15 to 18 shots a game and hope they score on volume? No, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, no. We already have RJ for that. Yeah, yeah. true that. I'm not the highest on RJ, but at the end of the day, he was your third overall pick. So mm-hmm. you got to think about him when you're making these picks to an extent. Not that you wouldn't take Ant-Man as the best player available, but if you're deciding between two guys in the five to eight range who are somewhat neck and neck, I have Maxi a decent amount ahead of Cole, but like that is something that would separate it. I just think Maxi is more plug and play versus Cole. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have to revolve around him if he's going to be Cole. All right, all right, cool. cool. You, you know what? I think I want to. Let me know if you're down with this. I think I want to do a two-parter. I think I want to do okay. two parts. I think I want to have. I think I want to cut it here, part one, because I still feel like there's yeah. certain people in that top range that we haven't talked about that we can't talk about. And yeah, I also no, think I mean, I have, I, there's a bunch of guys that I'll still talk about. Yeah, and then there's also there's also um the the I'm late first sure. round pick that we didn't even get to. There's also the second yep. round pick that we got from Charlotte from the Will and Hernan Gomez yep. pick that we didn't get to. Yep. So there's there's like a whole wealth of other content that we haven't got to. And this it's been a lot of information you gave us. I really, really appreciate you um kind of breaking down all these players. Cause I, I know Knicks fans are gonna appreciate like hearing all this information and figuring out, okay, I like this person. I like this. So thank thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you so much. Are you down? Of course. Are you down to come down are you down to come back next week? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I so I may or may not go away. I, I know that sounds really unorganized, but okay. basically, I have a bat. We have a game on Thursday, and if we lose, then I'll go away. And if we win, then I'm here. All right, um, win. <laughs> <laughs> are you? I'm trying to think. Like, I'm also. If you guys want to, I'll be back Sunday night, even if I go away. Oh, that's fine. Or, yeah. or we can do, or if I, or if I don't get back to late Sunday, like, would you guys be cool doing Monday? I can do Monday afternoon. That might be a little yeah, harder yeah, for money, everybody. Yeah, money, money might be tough. That yeah. might that be tough for everybody. You want to do? But we'll, we'll, well, so okay, because we'll, so we, like obviously weekends are our prize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about we'll talk about yeah. it as as the time goes on. We'll talk about it and plan accordingly. Yeah, but All yeah, right, look, I. This around uh, like six or seven should work for me next week. So if that works for you guys, I'm down to do a two parter. Um, there's I can, as you guys can tell, I can talk draft for hours and yeah, I yeah. You guys. That was that was that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Awesome, awesome, yeah. cool. Yo, thank you. Yo, definitely, definitely gotta take out check out Jake, uh, Jake in the paint. Really, really good dude. Really, really insightful. Broke down a lot of this draft. I still have people I want to talk about. Yeah, me, me really, too. I, yeah, I want to hear about uh, Holly. I want Holly uh, and why he's not at the top, but don't tell me yet. Don't tell me yet. Don't tell me yet. Don't tell me yet. Save it. Save it next week because when I'm on the post game live show, there's people talking about Yo J Ellis, Halliburton, 
Don't sleep on this dude, Halliburton. I saw some clips. I was like, ooh, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of nasty. But we'll talk about Halliburton next week for you guys who want to know what's up with Halliburton, what's up with the, the later picks, what's up with the second round picks, mm-hmm. and then I think March Madness will start. Yeah, and yep. then we can kind of like look at the guys and the performances and give our takes on what we see and compare it to what he said. And mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're right. He was right. Jake did say he, he sucked at that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Cool. You know what? Oh, so Jake. Oh wait. So Jake, so this this part of the show, you know what? You're gonna experience this with us, Jake. So now, I'm good. I'm down for it. yeah, yeah. So you don't have to participate if you don't want to, because I know you didn't know even know this was coming. All right, so <laughs> this part of the show is called Ooh. the Oopics, right? Now the Oopics are the best plays of the week. They're kind of like the highlight plays. We probably we pretty much describe the best plays of the week in dramatic fashion and then we hit this little button on the thing that's pretty much the young man's sound effect from a few years ago Ooh, and then it kind of signifies that you know that was a nice play so all right so i'm going to go first because it looks like ryan is searching for his oopic yeah <laughs> <laughs> so my oopic is it's going to R.J. Barrett. R.J., you know, in the beginning of the summer, you saw a lot of these clips where he was practicing his his step back three pointers and his side step three pointers and all because he, he he's trying to get in his little James Harden bag. Mm-hmm. And Chicago, he pulled it out the bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, end at the half, about two point six seconds left or so. R.J. dribble, dribble, dribbles. He's taking some on them. I don't even know whose guy's name on the Bulls. He's on the right side of court. He starts to drive down the lane a little bit, but not really. He doesn't really go down the lane. Just goes a step or two inside the three-point line. Steps back, pulls up, hits the three in the guy's eye. Oh! And it looks like all that practice shooting with his left hand paid off. <laughs> <laughs> First U pick. Yes. Brian, do you have any U picks? I do. Um, I barely remember, so I'm going to try to be as colorful as I can be, because I barely remember, like, what was exactly going on. But, um, my old pick comes from that Knicks and Bulls game yesterday, where, um, it was sometime in the second half where R.J. Barrett was running up the court with the ball, Mm -hmm. and he saw Mitch hanging out under the rim. Oh, yeah. They made eye contact, so Barrett was like, you know what, I'm going to throw it up. Locked eyes. Threw it up. (laughs) Mitch caught it and kind of reversed and banged Boom, it into Chicago. the basket. All right. Oh. I think I know which one he's talking about. Yeah. All right. That was our ooh picks. It, 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 it wasn't as flashy as usual. But yeah, it wasn't know. as flashy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any plays? I don't know if you watched a lot of Knicks games this week. Nah, I don't, unfortunately, I don't have any plays off the top of my head. I'll, I'll leave that to you guys. All right, cool. All That's right. professionals. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now the next segment we have is called the Bruh Picks. Yes, sir. Bruh. Bruh Picks are the worst plays of the week. <laughs> or they don't even have to be plays. They can just be stupid shit that happened this week. Yeah. <laughs> it can, I don't know. A lot of, did anything dumb happen this week? I don't have it. Yo, I haven't picked a Bruh Pick in mad long. I've just been letting Brian take over. <laughs> I just called this Ryan's Bruh, Ryan's Bruh Picks because he usually has like four of them. That's why we call him Brahman from the fifth floor. Yes, sir. So, Ryan. First bro pick. Oh, he got first. <laughs> Here we go. 
goes to Kyle Lowry against the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. So there was a play where Kyle Lowry had the ball. He he didn't he didn't know where to go. George Hill was playing a lockdown defense. Mm-hmm. So Lowry was like, you know what? I'm stuck. So I'm gonna be a bit creative. Okay. So he sees an opening where he's like, you know what? I'm, I'll be able to get through with the ball. Oh! He, just, <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he tries to go under George Hill's legs. Oh! It was unsuccessful. They got called for the offensive foul. Bruh. Bruh. Listen, <laughs> the only one I've seen pull this off was the great Nate Robinson. That's yeah. the only one. My guy's like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, no one else in the NBA should be pulling this off. And come on. Like, like hey, let's be real. Like, Kyle Lowry's kind of stocky, man. Yeah, he he's is, not man. like a small... He's not like a Trey Young. Word. Six feet. He's like a bulldog. Like, yeah. where, where are your shoulders going in between that man's legs? Where's that going? I'm sorry. Pause. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, next bro pick. My next bro pick is two. This is a kind of like a combo bro pick. Combo bro, like one, two, like a... Yeah. Like boxing, like just like our guy who got knocked... Never mind. All right. Julius Randle and JaVel McGee. JaVel! <laughs> Julius Randle against the Hornets and JaVel McGee against the Warriors because obviously these guys... I don't know. During the game, they're trying to rush and get the ball back in, but they don't notice that they're not out of bounds when they pass the ball in and they can call for a violation oh, and they get that the turnover. Was the obvious one. <laughs> I missed that one. I yeah. forgot about that one. Yeah. yeah. So Julius Randle and JaVel McGee both got caught this week by doing the same thing. Stepping out of bounds, stepping inbounds before, yeah, before the they ball. pass the ball. You get turnover. Mm. Easy. Yeah. Next bro pick goes to James Harden. This is the game against the Celtics. So, James Harden, you know. James Harden's known as a score, but, you know, p- people know that James Harden passes the ball every now and then, you every, know. Every now and again. Every now and again. I feel like it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, there was a play where Westbrook was not on, was not in the game, but he was on the, but he was on the sideline basically, like, walking to a seat or whatever. He went to get a towel or something. Ah, uh, he was open. <laughs> James, <laughs> James Harden drove left, passed the ball, to the corner. Mm, I already know where this is going. Westbrook caught the ball out of bounds. Bruh. Uh, yeah. I mean, he likes passing the ball to Westbrook, I guess. Yeah. Just unfortunately, Westbrook wasn't in the game. Oh, can I give a broad pick to Mike Miller for benching Dotson after playing so incredibly for a week? Yes. Yeah. I'm giving that. Bruh. All right. Back to you, Brian. Ryan. I called you Brian like five times this month. <laughs> the fourth broad pick goes to the Knicks social media. Again? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know who's running the Knicks social media accounts. Damn, Steve Stout, get on that, man. <laughs> but after the Bulls game last night, the Knicks won. The person posted the Knicks the Knicks score on the Knicks Twitter account. But he had the scores reversed. and had the Bulls had 125 and the Knicks 115. Oh, <laughs> my. Bruh. All right. This must be a new. This guy must have just started like a month ago. Because there's been a lot of like errors with the Knicks Twitter recently. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I mean, that dude. I don't know if he's keeping his job much longer. <laughs> I can't even say. I can't even say. I can't even say much. My, my nick of time is spellings, Lord. <laughs> Thank you for following. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my last bro pick goes to James Harden and Giannis. Because um they had the back and forth. I don't know if you've been hearing it in the media, but um basically um it started with um Giannis talking about how 
number one when they were making the picks for the All-Star game. And I think there was only James Harden, Trey Young, and Kemba Walker on the board mm-hmm. saying that he wants somebody on his team who passes the ball. Ah! So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so he was trying to... <laughs> So he was trying to choose between Trey Young and Kevin Walker because of that skipping over James Harden. Trey Young. So l- later on, during the all well, not after the All Star game, you know, when they would have the press conferences and everything after the game, they they were he, they asked Giannis what was the strategy at oh, the end I of the heard game. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was basically saying that we gave the ball to whoever Harden was guarding. Bruh. I mean, wouldn't that be your game plan? It would be, but but I mean, Harden did play good defense though in that All Star game. Yeah, they they, they didn't really score on them. I mean, well, so uh-oh. uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jake disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> At least the clips I saw, because I think um I I want to say it's either Ball is Life or Complex, one of them. They actually like made a compliment. You see, you see, you see. This they is actually, what we talking about highlights versus hey, games. That's yeah. why Jake gave you the. Because hmm. Jake was yeah. like, I saw the game and he saw the highlight of the steal, but he, his man was blown by him the whole game. That's what Jake about I, to say. I, I'm just telling you know right now. I, 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 but but, but, I, but I but I watched the game though. Okay, okay, I watched okay. the game. I told my, listen, listen, listen. I call my boys highlight watchers because they just don't watch it. You can't you can't talk basketball with highlight watchers. Ryan said you watched the game though. I, I did watch the game though. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not calling. Nah, you guys watch the game. I'm okay, okay. Yeah. For the people out there. No, nah, nah, yeah. I feel you. People out there. With the and, highlight and, watchers. And, and, and to be honest, I mean, to be honest, they didn't really score hard in those last minutes of the game. Okay. Harden did hold his own. All right, the beard, like, yeah. defense. All right. So, um, so Harden, you know, heard these comments. And I think he was interviewed by Rachel Nichols, right? And she brought it up, and he was basically saying that, you know, I wish I was seven feet tall where I could just run and dunk all the damn time. But no, I actually have to learn how to play the game of basketball and have skill. She. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Shots fired. My God. Wow. I mean- Wow, all right. Can wait, can I hop in this for that? Yeah, oh, hell yeah. I, I want to yeah. comment on Hop away. Yeah, right, most so definitely. Is, is doing, is like, let's just say Giannis just dribbles and dunks. Mm-hmm. As just as a baseline. Is dribbling and dunking and going coast to coast at his speed at seven feet tall not a skill in its own right? Like, come on. Ours. Yeah. kind of is. It's, it's, it's one of those things where you stretch the truth to get a point across. That's yeah, really what it pretty is. pretty much, yeah. Because, because no, it was that easy, then everybody would do it. Like, you like... If it was that easy to, to, to make a hole, then make another hole. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, they can't make another Giannis. Yeah. <laughs> no, Gian, yeah, no, you can't. Giannis, and Giannis' bag is deep. Let's, let's not get it twisted. Yeah. yeah. It's the sound of twisted. But that's, that's, that's trash talk one-on-one. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Diminish, diminish your greatest strength. Trash talk one-on-one. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, to be real about, like, even today, Giannis dropped, like, 41 and 20 in the game. Mm. And had, like, six assists. So, I mean, is Giannis. Like, with, 25 minutes. Exactly. Like so it's like, is Giannis without skill? Not really. But I kind of, I kind of saw James Harden point because it's like, James Harden is like, you know what? I'm not blessed with the physical tools this dude has, so I, so I have to actually learn how to be, you know, shifty and things like that on the or, court. Or, you can say, James Harden learned how to manipulate the refs. She. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying that too. Even though I did see a stat that showed that. If you t- if you do take away his free throw attempts and how many free throws he takes he t- how many free throws he makes per game he still averages twenty five a game, so it's like still he, he still he still gets buckets regardless. <laughs> oh, you know what? I have a more pick. Mm-hmm. Last pick goes to Julius Randle. Oh, uh, no handle Randle. No handle Randle. <laughs> Not for the turnovers. No. 
for the array of ways in which she ignores RJ Barrett at the three-point line. Oh, man. <laughs> there are several videos circulating around <laughs> Nick's Twitter of RJ Barrett jumping up and down with two hands in the sky, <laughs> waiting for a pass from Julius Randle, who was just spinning into double trains, triple teams, quadruple teams, and turning the ball over, getting blocked, <laughs> and everything above and in between. So, broad pick for Julius Randle just seems to be, you know, he's... Ever since Marcus Morris has been traded, I feel like he's kind of regressed mm-hmm. in just looking for his teammates in general. Like he, it just seems like he's taking a step back. He doesn't look to pass as much. Yeah, he, and that was the problem at the beginning of the season. Now it seems like he's doing it a lot more. So yeah. huge bro pick, Julius Randle. Bruh, stop that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Hi. That that is our show. Yes. All right, right. You know what? So, where can they find you, Jake? So, you can find me at my own website, jakeinthepaint.com. Facts. As you guys noted, I'm a contributor for Stock Risers. Check out their website. My boy, Jake Weingarten, he's the owner of the site. He's 19 years old, breaks all the high school news. You got to follow him on Twitter. He breaks everything. Literally, visits, offers, everything. He's got all the news. Follow him. Turn on his notifications on. You won't regret it. So mm-hmm. that's that's where you can find me at Stock Risers. I write for both those sites. And overall, just follow me on Twitter. I mean, I post a ton of draft clips, analysis. Not everything can go into a whole whole article. So I post a ton of my thoughts on Twitter. It's quick. It's immediate. Gets the word out there. And I love talking draft or interacting with anyone on Twitter. So if you have any questions, hit me up, at me, DM me. My DMs are open. Uh, do not feel more scared. I don't even know. Don't hesitate. That's the word I'm looking for. Don't hesitate. Reach out to me in whichever way you can at Twitter or at Jake in the paint. No underscores, no anything. So thank you guys so much for having me. Really appreciate it. I had a ton of fun and can't wait for part two. Dope, dope. Yes, sir. It's crazy, yo. These little 19 and 18 year olds are building like these huge platforms. <laughs> I know, I'm man. just like, oh, this is Step your game up, Brian. You slacking, bro. Yo, when I was when I when I was when I when I was 18, 19 years old, I didn't even know what the hell I wanted to do. I was in college, like I still trying to find my way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you can find you know we can find us. You can find us on the KOT Show on Twitter, the Nick of Time Show on Instagram, and also you can find us on you just Google, Google the Nick of Time Show. You can see us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeart, all that noise. Also, you can find us on Dash Radio. Mm-hmm. Definitely do that. You can also watch us on YouTube. Yes. Definitely do that. If you have, if you don't follow us on YouTube already, are you dumb, man? Like, come on, dog. Like, what's what's your problem? Yeah, y'all slacking, man. You definitely slacking because we talking to Knicks. Plus, you see our faces because you know we handsome. Exactly. Plus, <laughs> on top of that, <laughs> on top of that, we got clips on top of us talking so you can see some examples of people buzzing people's ass with crossovers as we explain it. Exactly. Like, why would you not want? I don't understand. But you know, see some people late to the party. So definitely follow us on all those platforms and follow me too. Follow. Well, you can find me personally on JLS Draws Things, even though I hardly post and I'm boring as hell. But every now and again, I'll post a selfie or something that I draw because I'm jealous and I draw things. Word. <laughs> and where can they find you, bro? You can find me at Sir G is Chillin'. Sir G is Chillin'. That's S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. And yeah, I'm pretty boring to follow on IG too because I don't really post much. Maybe I might post like clips from like the podcast every now Word. and then. You know, but maybe I need to step my selfie game up too. Yeah, two selfies a week. Word. (laughs) (laughs) 
Word. Follow, follow, follow the camera woman. She she well she doesn't post much either. But she, yeah. she posts something this week. She posts something this week. <laughs> well, all right, maybe 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 I need to go back to like posting my kicks or something. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Kick, kick Wednesdays. Exactly. Kick back Wednesdays. Exactly. Boom. Look how my brain works the brain. Alright, cool. Word. That's it. We out of here. Peace. Dreams. Uh, in, 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 in